Alright, sound check, sound check, one, two. Welcome back to another episode of the Greatest Music NFT Podcast Show, hosted by Beaks Vibe. Yes, it's me. Yes, we are back. Yes, we're still here. And I thank you for listening. I love launching this podcast. I'm already getting pretty great feedback. If you don't follow us, follow us on Twitter at TGMNFTPod. Of course, that's short for The Greatest Music NFT Pod. You can also follow us on YouTube at The Greatest Music NFT Show and on TikTok at The Greatest Music NFT Show. And that's where we are, of course. You know, the empire is TikTok, Twitter, and everywhere you can listen to Spotify. I mean, everywhere you can listen to podcasts and YouTube. In this episode, we are going to break down exactly what is a music NFT. And that's because NFT might be single-handedly the worst acronym ever made. It's one of those acronyms where you need a definition for the definition. You need an, a second explanation just to get through the first explanation. What's a token? What's fungibility? What's non-fungibility? I've never heard of these things for the first time. What's immutability? What's the blockchain? What's the difference between the internet and the blockchain? Uh, so let's get down to the layman's level. And you know, a big mission for this podcast is to not necessarily give the 101 class on everything, but a high enough overview level to hit some of the ears of those that are in the space. But really, I want to encourage the onboarding of new people, a new audience. I want those that are, you know, crypto curious or curious about what kind of opportunities might exist on the other side of the internet where Web3 exists and where you can create kind of a new iteration of digital productization, which is really how I view NFTs. But you know, at first there's you know a lot of just debate in this whole thing, but what it all boils down to is terminology matters. The way you explain things to people matter. I mean, we all had our favorite teachers and professors, and it's because they could speak to us in a way that would make sense, right? Like it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. So I'm not an educated broadcaster here, but hopefully I can try my best to break some of this stuff down and also let you know as the listener that we and I understand how incredibly annoying this terminology is. And so part of the conversation that's being had is maybe we need new terminology. So when we talk about a non-fungible token, we're just talking about a an authorized digital asset. We know what assets are. They're just things, right? So it's kind of like whether we want to use a casual, informal, or formal word. So it's a thing, it's a good, it's a product, it's an NFT. They kind of all go hand in hand. It's a thing, right? The The reason why an NFT matters, the reason why the blockchain matters is because it's all about a proof of ownership. And it, it's a sense of accountability, accountability through transparency, Rather than needing an intermediary to tell us or a third party to tell um, the world you know, what was first, what was second, what was third, the blockchain kind of takes that intermediary out and just allows people to know. So a lot of times it's, it's that, it's who was first. And when you talk about music, I sure know that when I was growing up in middle school and high school, it was annoying how competitive it was to have my circle of friends you know, compete to discover new music first. And there's a sense of competition, pride, ego, whatever you want to call it in, you know, discovering new acts, discovering new artists. And there's a lot to unpack in the opportunities that NFTs provide when it comes to that kind of stuff, which we can get into later. 
But really, we're still trying to just at a high level talk about what is an NFT and what is a music NFT? Why do we call it a music NFT? Can an NFT be anything or everything? The answer is it can be everything. And that's part of the problem. When we say it's an NFT, we're like, oh, it's this one particular thing. It's a profile picture. It's a piece of art. It's this or that. And of course, as we all know, one of the unique things about music in the sense of entertainment, as a sense of a medium of entertainment, is that it's this untangible good, right? You can hear it, you can, you know, you can experience it, but you can't grab it, you can't physically see it, you can't do any of these things with it. And when you're talking about this uh, sense of ownership and scarcity with this thing you can't see, you know, it can all, if you think about it too much, it kind of is like, what are we talking about again? But the way I think about music NFTs kind of at a high level is just, it's this new iteration of digital product. And it's kind of in tandem with digital product and authorized ownership. And that matters where it matters. Like I said, I mean, if it's with your fan base in terms of who got there first, that could really play a part in how rare a piece is in an NFT collection. For example, all NFTs have traits or characteristics that define how rare they are within the collection of NFTs that they exist in. And one of the things that's lacking a little bit in the music NFT scene are these traits and kind of setting a precedent for what type of traits music NFTs might have. And I definitely think that a first come first serve type of unique rarity or advantage would definitely play an important part in how fans discover artists and to really incentivize and encourage fans to discover new artists and to really make it kind of a new type of experience for the consumer. You know, anyone who discovered Billie Eilish before she popped or something like that, right? And it's like, there's a sense of pride and there's a sense of, uh, I found this. And if there was a way for supporters or fans to earn for that sense of discoverability, that's another kind of avenue that gets really exciting when you talk about NFTs. So, like I said, terminology matters. Uh, I just want to be the first one to say that we all know, or at least we should all know, that the way in which we explain these things is really off-putting and, you know, it comes off clunky. And like I said, you need kind of descriptions for the descriptions. A lot of times when this falls on new ears, which is kind of the point of this podcast a little bit, you want to be graceful and and have a, a slight touch when it comes to explaining these things. And you want to kind of draw these analogies to in you know real world situations that you can just truly understand. So vinyl is kind of a great idea in the sense that you're combining physical product, visual art, you know, a tangible good with music. That was why vinyl has such a passionate collector base and fan base still to this day. It, it's a different more intimate way to experience that. Even 5.1 surround sound, it wasn't that the technology was bad. It was just it from a consumer behavior standpoint, it required too much passive listening for the consumer. You know, a lot of people obviously like to listen to things as they walk and talk. Hopefully you're walking and talking or maybe not talking as much while you're listening to this podcast, but you know, assuming you're probably on the go, you know, and Music was kind of experienced that way. 5.1 surround sound required you to sit in one spot and and have five different speakers playing at you one time so that you could hear it. Now, of course, there's some uh, stereo imaging with, 
headphones and stuff that's going on, but you know, it's never really quite the same. And for anyone that has listened to a real 5.1 surround sound mix, uh, I was lucky enough. I got to go do a studio tour through Blackbird uh, recording studio in Nashville, Tennessee, and got to hear a, an official 5.1 surround sound mix of Thriller by Michael Jackson. It was a life-changing moment. So anyone that gets a chance to really hear 5.1 surround sound mix on real proper studio monitors, uh, I encourage you definitely to do that. That's a, that's a great listening experience. Anyways, let's get back to music NFTs. So kind of segueing off the conversation that NFT is the grossest acronym known to man, a much more appealing terminology is known as a digital collectible. And so people are thinking, should we call them DCs versus NFTs? And there's a little bit of a conversation being had here. And I think it merits some worthiness because explaining what an NFT is, is like the thorn in it of itself to to explain. And if you explain what a digital collectible is, kind of right off the bat, you're like, well, I know what that is. And you can talk about, you know, people know what collectibles are. I think people resonate with that word very well. You try and tell somebody non-fungible token. I mean, are you insane? So digital collectible, let's rock with this. You know, one of the things I've talked about earlier on an earlier episode is the ownership of the relationship with the customer, which is, you know, you can call it CRM or customer relationship management or lifetime value, LTV of that customer. And how do you establish the infrastructure that allows you to maintain that? And that's one of the big, big things I love about NFTs is not just about the fact that they're collectibles or, you know, I'm in the streaming model business and now I want to get into the art collector model business. It's not that kind of black and white in terms of what type of product I want to create with music, but it's the experience you can understand you're creating for your audience. For example, if I create a free mint 25 NFT, you know, scarce music NFT drop, it's not that I only intend or hope for 25 fans or to isolate 25 people if I did have a larger audience, right? But it's a sense of the music's there. The music's one thing, right? The music's one thing. The music isn't even like this data point on the blockchain or this immutable thing. The music is this living, breathing thing. And I think streaming was a natural consumer behavior push because, you know, it's like air. It just It needs to be everywhere. It's like water. It just It flows where it's allowed to flow. And music kind of is like that. Streaming's kind of like that. Um, but there is more layers to that onion, especially from an artist and fan and customer relationship management like viewpoint or a collector viewpoint, kind of how you want to, I mean, even that terminology matters. Is it an audience? Is it a fan? Are they a fanatic or are they a collector of your art? Um, are they a supporter? I mean, these are all kind of interchangeable terms in my eyes, just depending on kind of the way in which you view the world. So I get kind of excited about the idea that you're like, okay, you know, you can stream the song. I got my fans. I got my listeners. But to know that there's kind of this 1% of the your fan base that would become collectors, you know, it's like you, I mean, even just taking the vinyl example, if I put out an album and I, it's getting 30,000 streams monthly, and then I do a vinyl release and sell out 100 or 200 pieces, you know, records to, to know those 100 or 200 people kind of going above and beyond to support and to know that they want to experience my music and my brand and what I have to offer the world in such a more 
you know, just comprehensive way, really. I mean, I think it speaks volumes. And so you go, okay, well, how can I reward this person if you want to have that conversation? And that's another thing is like, what is the kind of barometer for how much utility an NFT is supposed to have? Is it supposed to have a lot or any, or is the art the utility? I think there was a great point I saw someone make on Twitter that said that NFTs will be successful or music NFTs will be successful when there is no secondary market. Meaning if we're going to treat it like vinyl, the idea isn't for your supporters to necessarily buy it just so they can sell it. You know, it's to collect it. You know, you don't buy vinyl just so you can hold it for however long and then hope that it increases in price. If you're, if that's why you're buying it, you're buying it because the vinyl itself is enough of an experience to merit the cost of what you're spending, right? From an entertainment standpoint, from an integrity standpoint, from an artistic standpoint, and from like a fan supportive standpoint. So hitting the right price point, hitting the right utility, hitting the right audience member, that 1% of your 100%, all these things matter. And explaining it matters, right? Wherever you are in the journey of coming from web two, going to web three, or, you know, put sticking your toes in the pool, seeing how, what the temperature's feeling, you know, this should be a graceful period where there's some exploration happening. There's some consideration happening. And, you know, we just need more thought leaders in this space that are helping to improve the environment. So talking about digital collectibles, talking about, you know, what is a music NFT is it just adding art to music? Is it is it music at all? Is it a music video? Um, and again, once again, I think it's all of it. And that's why I think it's a little confusing because when you say it's a music NFT and the person goes, well, I don't know exactly what I'm getting by you just saying it's a music NFT. If I say it's a PFP NFT or a profile picture NFT, you're like, okay, I know what I'm getting, a profile picture. If I say it's a music NFT, you're like, well, is it just an audio file? Is it an audio file with a profile picture? Is there some collectible piece? Is the audio file, what's the intellectual property rights on the audio file? Do I own it? Do I own a portion of it? In a later episode, I'm going to break down a couple of the different protocols out there for streaming and for music NFTs and Web3 music. But you know, one of the things that people are looking at is that collectibles aren't for everybody. So the way that vinyl is not for everybody. So when we want to talk about, you know, music as a mass media and we want to talk about the idea of widespread adoption, I think coming from it at singularly an art collector perspective is not going to be a widespread initiative, right? So it needs to be a little bit more mass appealing. I think digital collectibles opens it up a little bit, but not yet enough. I do think though that artists are hungry for innovation when it comes to ways in which they can supply different forms of content. Even as content creators in the last few years that I've been out here in LA, you know, seeing, you know, every social media platform, you know, comes up, it's like whack-a-mole and all these are, you know, brands or entertainers or uh, whatever you want to call them, you know, they have to jump from app to app to app. I think when you saw SoundCloud come out, this idea that you could just put out music for free, you didn't need to go through some kind of internet distributor that took you to such a formal outlet like a digital service provider such as Spotify or something. It was like, I can just put this out for free by myself on my own with no artwork and find a fan base and find an audience and do all these things of just this disruptive way of distribution. 
And that was really, really exciting for an independent artist to just direct to consumer facilitate their own destiny. That's still what gets me excited about the music NFT topic at large. Ultimately, what it becomes, ultimately what we call it, ultimately what we describe, you know, how we describe it. That's why I'm trying to tell you that it's all subject to change, right? Like, I think calling it an NFT is like the most primitive early stage thing we can like, we'll never be calling it that in five years from now or two years from now or three years from now, hopefully, but it's the way we have to start. And it's the way we have to kind of understand it now. So it's a digital good. It's proof of ownership. It can be anything. It can be a song. It can be a profile picture. It can be a collectible. It can provide access to token gated further utility. That's something that I get really excited about. When you look at some of these paywalled platforms like a Patreon or even look at OnlyFans, right? This kind of locked content behind payment, you can kind of apply that in the same way to NFTs. And that's cool because it kind of creates this more exclusive fan base where you know you know you have to buy into the person's uh, art or you have to buy into the person's kind of online essence, so to speak, to get into it. It isn't just a payment wall um, and it, you know, it's just, I think it's more of a brandable way of doing things. You know, it's, it shows that the artists care. And as an artist, you get to kind of force the hand of your fans to say, I need you to care at this level. Or if you don't, then this might not be for you. I think it's kind of a great way to have an artistic dialogue with your fan base. Overall music NFTs need a lot of work. At the end of the day, the user experience needs to be improved by product. The product being the music NFT, the digital collectible whatever we're going to call it, the good, the thing. And as I said, you know, I'm on the side that it really can be anything and everything. So if you have any unique ideas of what a music NFT might be or what you think it could become, I'd love to hear it. You can email the podcast at beaksvibe at gmail.com. For those who haven't found us on social media yet, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TGMNFTPod. Of course, that stands for The Greatest Music NFT Podcast Show. You can also follow us on YouTube and TikTok at Greatest Music NFT Podcast. And thank you guys so much. This went a little bit longer, but you know, I want to try and make sure that we really get a better understanding of what is an NFT, what is a music NFT. Don't be scared of the terminology. Understand it's just a digital good with a proof of authorization, a proof of ownership. That's really all you need to know about it. But if you have any more questions, I'd love to have the conversation and carry it on further. So find me on Twitter, find me online and i will see you guys next week this has been your friend beaks fat